Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Merhaba and welcome to episode 14 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast, done by the community, for the community. From all around the world, I'm your host Samet, and I'd like you all to give a big applause to my fellow podcast members from New York, America, Brooklyn, Emre. How are you doing today, Emre? Uh, I'm doing okay. Kind of depressing day for me personally, but yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, our uh, Manhattan boy, Yasin. How are you, boy? Uh, upset, bro. Upset. Yeah. It's hard to be happy after that result. And this is the first time we're doing a podcast, I believe, like right after a game. So it's hard to be anything but upset. The wound is fresh. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see what... Coach John has to say from Toronto, Canada. You know what? Any day I'm talking with you guys, doing a podcast is a good day. All right. It's always wholesome. So wholesome. (laughs) I love it. Okay. That brightened my mood. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, John. That's what we need, man. Wholesome, John. (laughs) Yeah. So to all our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. So firstly, apologies for not having an episode last week. I think we can all thank Yasin for that. Last-minute excuses, bullshit, last-minute cancellations, <laughs> stirring shit mm-hmm. up. I mean, I'm surprised he's in today and didn't have an excuse. So, Listen, you guys should be saying thank you, and I should be saying you're welcome because we were able to watch that Manchester City-Real Madrid game because of it. This guy, Summit, wants to have a podcast during the Champions League game between City and Madrid. And I said, bruh, like, why are we doing that? And Iki de Yapmadık, because that game was one of the best games I've seen this season. And, you know, after watching a shitty Galsai all season, it was a relief to see I'm some sorry. good football. I'm, so he, He's just confirming, again, podcast after podcast, that he's not, he's not a Galatasaray fan. This guy, I don't know, like, why do you even follow Gala? He's a football fan, all right? Mm, why do we have a football fan on the Galatasaray podcast (laughs) (laughs) I don't know man I don't know nah but to his credit that game was goaded that was a bad summit summit did you even watch that because I didn't see you make a single comment during that game I don't care about anything other than Galatasaray (laughs) so so we have a host on this podcast who doesn't even watch football he just watches Galatasaray I mean I do think we should have a guy I don't know did you watch that game he watches yeah, Galatasaray. Yasin, That's just it? shut up, please. Go, go watch Arda <laughs> Güler. Go watch Trabzonspor, Giresunspor. Anything but supporting I your will. team. You, you miss yeah. Besiktas, bro. That's I'll, just like I'll, I'll watch all of it. I'll watch all of it, baby. You're such a you're such a hoe, man. Taking it from all teams. That's why he gives he gives us the good insight. You know, he he, he goes around a that. little bit. Mm. You know. I I appreciate you, John. <laughs> anyway, we didn't have a podcast like two weeks on. So there's uh, a lot of things that happened. I'll name up a few, and then we can go in depth, whichever one you like. Basically, in the past two weeks, Terim had an interview with The Athletic. It was an interesting interview. 
post some quotes on that on Twitter as well. Something less interesting, Umar Bayram also had a interview with a Dutch news magazine about his life. Victor Nelson had a very interesting interview with Galatasaray TV. The new election date is 11th of June. We also have leakage of our new jersey, home and away. It's not the old one that was rumored for a while. It's, it's really a new one. And um, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And I was well, hoping he would yet. buy... Well, not yet, but I was hoping he would also buy uh, Galatasaray, basically. That'd be amazing. Yeah, sponsored by Tesla or SpaceX. Yasin, like, is a Tesla oh, fanboy. I, I don't know what Yasin would do, honestly. He would just die immediately. Exactly. <laughs> like, if, the, if we had that Tesla logo on our shirt, oh my, that would be it for Yasin. Dude, that would be sexy <laughs> AF, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd wear that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you basically already have like a Tesla logo stamped on your forehead, bro. Come on. Yeah, Yasin is. Yeah, I'll give it to him. You you do love Tesla, but they, I I, I kind of do too. But th- th- those are Yasin's two biggest loves in life: Galatasaray and Tesla coming together. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine yes, the new uh, 2023 uh, jersey, the away jersey with the Tesla logo. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the new jerseys? Yeah, I, I've seen them. Not a fan. But 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 did you guys see like a few months ago? They had like um, the renderings were a little bit different, you know. Like, do you guys know what I'm saying? I, I remember how yeah. we were sharing the pictures with each other. There was renderings like maybe two or three months ago, and then the new ones came out. Uh, I think two days ago, and they're slightly different. So I, yeah. I don't know if the design just changed or if one if the earlier one wasn't real or what it was. But up until like a few days ago, like you said, there were before about a year, it was known already what we would have, and it was. Especially the parcella was red, yellow, mm-hmm. and then with uh, black details also on the side of the shirt. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I was so happy with that one. And now they, the they new... also had like the subtle lion too. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like on the front of it, there was kind of like a 3D sort exactly. of lion. It's, it's very subtle though. So do, does the new mm-hmm. one have that as well? Like the new it render? It does. It does. I guess yeah, so. I saw it. I like okay. hyper focused on it. Okay. But, yeah. So that must be real then. Yeah. Personally, I, I like the old one better, the home yeah. jersey. The new one has like a bow tie like blackness mm-hmm. around the neck, which is too thick as well. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that one. The away jersey is nice in black, the new rumored one. Yeah, so. it's pretty clean. The black one is pretty clean. Yeah, but come uh, on. I just want one season where we have a nice Parchola jersey, man. Yeah. I, that, I miss... Yeah. Those black details are weird, man. Like on the home one, I don't know. It doesn't. I, I don't. It, it it doesn't look good. Like it's it's just the, looks on the neck. Odd. Yeah, on the neck. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it either. I'm not a fan. What? Like, why can't we just get the classic 2012, uh, 2013 jersey? Like, yeah, make that the jersey every year, bro. It would sell millions. Yeah, Nike are they've been doing us dirty, to be honest. Like, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't the know. Quality is shit as well. The past years. even that, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Yasin? The new jerseys? I like it. Um, the home is okay. I think that black part of it might look a bit different. Like we might change our opinions once we see it on the players, because yeah. I think that often happens. You see a rendering and it's like eh, and then you see a player wear it and it looks so much better. Yeah. Possibly, Otherwise, I, th- yeah. I I I think I think it has that classic Parchella look to it. Apart from that black top, 
everything else is a perfect part color. Like the right side is completely red. Yeah. The other side is completely yellow. So I like that. And then the black one, I just realized now two of the stars are yellow and two of the stars are red. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time we're seeing that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. It's clean, like you said. Yeah, I like the black one as my preference because I, well, I wear gala stuff like every day, unlike you, Yasin. So, <laughs> uh, a bit more low-key. It's a shit on Yasin day, apparently. Nah, nah, it's I okay. promised him I would. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So maybe um, a question for you guys. I was thinking about this last night. If you could choose to meet someone, anyone in the world, but it has to be linked with Gala, who would you like to meet with? Fatih Terim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Yasin? Don't say Arda Gulesh. Definitely not. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to top. You know, um, Fatih Terim. But there's also other legends that I would love to talk with as well. Fatih Terim would slap like you Schneid- for everything you said. Or, or even like Haji. Yeah. You know, oh, guys yeah. like that I think would be cool. Felipe Melo um, too. I love him, man. Yeah. But I think Terim is the best, obviously. Mm-hmm. He has the most insight on everything that has been going on the last, what, 20, 30 years? So. Yeah. Imagine yeah. you're going into the restaurant. Imagine, you know, the, re- the stakeout restaurant we went in Istanbul? Imagine you go in there <laughs> and at the table, you have Fatih Tirim, Haji, Snyder, and Felipe Melo yeah, sitting, like, I, waiting I, what, for you. What do you say? What do you even say? Like, I'd be, I don't even know. I'd just be in awe. What, like, uh, like you, you sit at a table with those guys and what, what do you say, man? Those guys are- I'd lose like, my uh, mind. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're greatness. I, you just if it's well if it's that that restaurant you just stay quiet and let Fatih Terim have a heart attack when he gets the bill. I I'd, I'd say <laughs> who's paying? Yeah. <laughs> Juice summit to the rescue. Goddamn it! Expensive restaurant that we went to. The the napkin incident. Yeah, no, no, no. That's the steakhouse incident where we paid like eight uh, k for. Uh, Wait, for there was meat. another incident where you guys paid. No, that was the... Oh, no? Oh, no, no, no. You're the, right, you're the, right, you're right. I'm right. I mean, there's a lot of incidents, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah you, unfortunately. you gotta be there. You gotta be there, man. <laughs> um, anything else you want to go in depth with? Uh, maybe the Victor Nelson interview. You've, you've all watched it, right? Except yeah, I can yeah. doubt about Yasin. You never know with him, but... Yes, yes, I've watched it. <laughs> I'm the one that shared first, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of it? I thought it was awesome. Uh, it showed what I already knew, which was how professional Nelson is. Uh, I loved his answers. He said Messi is better than Ronaldo. What else? You know, what else do you need to hear from a player to know that he's, you know, he knows what he's talking about? Um, well, jokes aside, the, <laughs> jokes aside, I, you know, it's nice hearing a professional player like that every once in a while. The way that he carries himself, uh, it's the same on the field. The way that you heard him in the interview. Uh, I found it interesting how he answered some of the questions. You know, a lot of his answers about professionalism and serious players on the field, a lot of his answers were like Markal and Muslera, which is something that as fans you see on the field. So it's reassuring to hear it from a player like him as well. Seems like he has aspirations to kind of continue his career uh, at, at the big clubs and the big leagues in the future. You know, when, when the lady asked him about, oh, where do you see yourself? In this much time, he kind of like hinted at it, but he also didn't say anything that might upset fans. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to listen to. It was one of my favorite interviews in the last few years. Yeah. The kid has a good head on his shoulders, man. Yeah, you know he he knows how to present himself. He knows how to handle himself. And any doesn't matter what the question is, he always answers it in such a respectful way. Like he shows so much respect towards the club, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just nice to see players like that because I don't know about you guys, but one one thing that like has pissed me the fuck off in the last few years was watching Belhand. I, I, I cannot stand that guy. I hate mm-hmm. the way he plays. I hate his attitude and everything. Guts, so it's so no discipline. I know what you not, mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you see a kid like Nelson come in and he's just a professional man. Like he just, he gets the job done on the pitch. He knows what he has to do. He, um, he's good with the press. He shows respect towards the fans, towards the club. And this is, the, if there's any club where, you know, if you show respect to the club and show respect to the fans, they'll give it back to you. It's this club. This is the club to do it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Our fans are really good when it comes... If you, if you, if you, if you play and, and you, you, know, you play with your heart on the pitch and show respect towards the fans, they'll give it back to you 10 times over. You know, and it, from that interview, you can tell he, he understands that, you know? Gotta respect him, man. Just that Viking discipline, bro. It's a Nelson Ironside. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he... Uh, Stays, sticks around for a little little while longer. And of course, he'll leave one day, but hopefully mm-hmm. uh, we'll get some good business for him. So, To add, like, it's funny how much we see from the television. And basically, in the interview, Nelson confirms that with the most list, yeah. right? Like, we could have guessed all of these as well. And he says, who's the most uh, messy, sleepy, and always late? Of course, it's Halil. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious. <laughs> Sleeps yeah, on the he, fucking field. Bro, he looks like his face, like he just always looks like he's sleeping. Mm. Even like during the match, the look on his face, he looks sleepy. Like, I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that. Oh, Yasin is offended. <laughs> I can hear him. He looks like a sloth, bro. He's always like, <laughs> like, like, in his, like in I'm his not shirt. saying like he, he, I, he, you know, I'm not saying he, pl- he necessarily plays like that. I'm just saying like the way he looks, even when he's getting subbed on, like it looks like he just woke yeah, up from yeah. a nap, you know? <laughs> just from bed. He just got on the <laughs> Right. <field. laughs> yeah. Yeah, nah, and he said also the most hardworking. He said Marcao and Muslera. I could have told you yeah, that as well. You know? For sure, yeah. for sure. He said a lot about Marcao. Actually, he said he is the most family man, Marcao. Also, he said he's the most aggressive, Marcao. But he said also he hinted like on the field, aside yeah. from like outside the field, the most funny would be Marcao as well. Other than that, That's he funny, didn't right? name a lot of others. Yeah. Being aggressive, but being also funny at the same time. It's mm. kind of hard to pull off, right? Like being an aggressive person, but being funny at the same time. He can yeah. switch like it on, weird, I guess, man. Exactly. Like comes, he knows yeah. when to be serious and when to, yeah. you know, be chill and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, except for the Kedam incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Mm. What did you we think? Uh, the, uh, yeah? We had the Kedam interview, too. Oh, the most important one. God. Yeah. That one was insane, bro. It was just so insane showing exactly what the Turkish league is, like what yeah. Turkish football is going through. I now. watched, mm-hmm. like, and I read bits and pieces of it, but I, you watched the whole thing, right? Why don't you, like, give us the most, like, you know, so important parts? It was a two parter. Uh, first part, it was fairly casual. Uh, they asked him about Fatih Terim, 
And what he mainly said was that the players blamed themselves for Fatih Terim being sacked, like that they felt responsible. And it kind of confirms with what I was saying the past episode. We weren't playing bad. Everything was fine, except we couldn't score. Yeah. And uh, today's game showed the degradation in quality, what we play as well. But Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So they also asked him, who would you be when you were, you were playing as a youngster football? Like, who would you imagine you'd be? He said Ronaldinho. Which is funny, actually. Wait, Ronaldinho? Yeah, he said Ronaldinho. Like when you would go and play soccer outside with your friends as a a kid. It reminded me, I would always be Figo. They would always call me Figo because I was short and I was very ballsy. (laughs) Uh, You know Figo, right? Portuguese player. I know. Yeah. Who would you be, by the way? Me? I, every, when, when I was young, it was always um, Hakan Shukur. He was my, like, he was my hero, man. I, I'll probably get canceled now for saying that. But <laughs> when I was a kid and he was on top, always, man. That's why I had in my head. I mean, he's be- one of the best strikers ever. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm the same as uh, Kerem. Ronaldinho, I loved Ronaldinho when I was a kid. Yeah, and Yoga Bonita. I then, bro. I exactly, bro. Those those videos was insane. I love those. I'm I really like upset when they stopped making those. Which Fenerbahce yeah. player were you, uh, Yasin? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was Ronaldinho too. I yeah, liked his creativity. Oh, he was a fun dumb. guy to watch on the field. Yeah, and um, anyway, the second part he really opened up on his on his career, how it started. Uh, when he yeah. signed with Bashakshir, and that he basically said, I wasted four years of my time at Bashakshir. I went there and I was begging, not begging, I was hoping that the ball wouldn't come to my feet because they were so rough. And if I did anything wrong, I would get cursed at, I would, yeah, I would be feeling bad all day. So yeah. I didn't want my career to end because of the roughness and anything. So it was and, really... and he even he even said as well. Uh, I, I think it was at that part of the interview he was saying that how he was like uh, considering quitting football too. Like yeah. I think he said four years, three three or four years ago, he was thinking about quitting as well, which that is was... pretty crazy. Like imagine imagine mm-hmm. that. Like look at where that, he is now. You yeah, know that was in his second season when he yeah. asked to be uh, transferred to the third league. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. And right. the reason for the third league is because. They were looking into uh, how they could get away with the, what's it called? The fee you pay for youngsters. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, no, Bashakshir said, no, you're going to uh, one of our pilot teams, uh, Eroxpor or something. And he said, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And then uh, they basically put him on hold and uh, he just trained with uh, Altiopa with the youngsters after that year he closed his contact contract and then he went to what was it Arzinjan and afterwards came mm-hmm. to us so yeah he he really put a light on you know youth players in Turkey and like how uh how, how some of these players are treated or you know I I kind of understand now like we probably have like I don't know what's the population of Turkey now like 80 million maybe mm-hmm. close to 80 probably million more 
think yeah like think about how much talent we actually do have but will they ever make it because of the shitty you know infrastructure and youth football that we have and the shitty attitude that some people have yeah you know know, it's not even just the infrastructure anymore people don't even have the means to send their kids to academies yeah you know like the the state of what turkey's in right now i i understand you have to be really fortunate it's it's a luxury to like be able to send your kid to an academy and there's no programs you know there's no programs like we have here in like north america where if you're good or something you get a scholarship and you, you could go to you know like a college team and then excel your way to professional leagues you know there's nothing like that in turkey that goes back to your yeah. uh, infrastructure no kerem said when he signed with bashakshir they gave him a minimum wage which is nothing mm-hmm. in Turkey. And right, they told him, we don't have a place for you to stay, so you have to find it yourself. And right. he basically had to drive like two hours or something with the support of his family just to play football. It's really tough to make it. And Want you know, to- I feel like yeah. he couldn't go, sorry to cut you, I feel like he couldn't go into more detail. I, like, I feel like he had more to say, oh, yeah. but because of the state of Turkey, yeah, it he definitely can't say like more. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was surprised he spoke so much, even. And yeah. um, and if it was the Netherlands, I'll tell you this. Let's say uh, Keram was in the Netherlands and he spoke about Ajax this way. Ajax would go public and say, we've heard this and we're going to make sure that this doesn't ever happen again with any yeah. of our youth players. That Have would we heard anything too. from Başakşehir? Nothing. 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 Scumbags, man. Yeah. And who was the coach when Keram was... Uh, Probably Abdullah Avji. That's one I thing I had so. in mind. I mean... <laughs> Tom, Tom Four years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like, the, the part... Um, one, one really good, or I guess part I enjoyed of, of that is when he started talking about how uh, like Fatih Terim changed him as a player. Like he was like, you know, he gave me the confidence and freedom and... Uh, you know, Fatih Terim believing in him and, and all of that. He really, he, he has, you can, when he speaks, he has a ton of appreciation for Fatih Terim, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. And like, I think like you said, Summit, they, he was, him and the other players were sort of blaming themselves. They felt guilty when he was sacked. And to me, and, it uh, was true. We, XG yeah. King, a lot of positions, but we could, yeah. just couldn't score. Like that last yeah. Dennis the game, which was a fiasco, of course. We had yeah. 40 shots, <laughs> insane amount of shots and, and plays. It should, I mean, yeah. Point blank misses, uh, that chickled out miss right yeah. in front of goal. But then you have people like Yasin who still don't respect the guy. What can you do, eh? <laughs> bro, if you want, I can get off the podcast. That's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you made, I don't have to be here, bro. You made us miss. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Yasin, did you see the, did you listen to the interview too, the Karam one? Yeah, yeah, of course. It was good. I liked it. Um, one thing, I mean, now that you guys touched on Fatih Tedim and Torrent, I guess a little bit going into it, he said it was very difficult for him to adjust his playing style in yeah, just the course of a year. Yeah. I think he said he was playing completely different yeah. before Galsai, and then Fatih Tedim made him play. Like, even though he was a winger, he played closer to the striker, you know, I guess mm-hmm. not just an inverted winger, but he was playing kind of like a second striker. And we yeah. saw that often with his runs inside behind the uh, striker and whatnot. But underneath Torrent, Torrent asked him specifically to play a little bit more wide, close to the sideline. 
And, you know, as a winger, I guess that's hard to adjust, uh, you know, during your time as a player. And I think he's adjusted well, but it's interesting to hear the difference between Torrent and uh, Tedem in that matter and what they asked for, from Kedem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said he didn't know how to defend at all when he came. Oh, and yeah, yeah, that's that, right. That's well, and in, indeed, the difference between the two uh, coaches and how he plays. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, very interesting. Did you have anything to add on that more, uh, Yasin, on what he said? Or? No, no, you guys pretty much got most of it. Mm -hmm. Are we, one thing, are we going to go into the whole uh, Bushgun thing? Honestly. That, that one, that one is a doozy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think maybe Emre, you can explain that better. I'm a bit sick and tired because what happened? Uh, just for well, my own sake. I don't like, know the exact laws or how it works, but mm -hmm. there's there's some guy I forgot his name. Um, but he went to the courts and he tried, like he, I guess he reported something like foul play or something like that. And the courts said, okay, we're gonna investigate this. So they like adjourned the election by like X amount of days. So now it's on what June 11th. Yeah. Um. And so that's what happened, basically. Nothing really, like, the courts are not going to be able to do anything because they're not connected to the Galsarai club. The Galsarai club can still go along with the elections, but since it's a formality, it's, like, automatically extended. It can just all be avoided if Burak Emos just goes ahead and he, you know, resigns. Yeah, but that's the thing. He said uh, on Galatasaray TV that... If I resign, nothing will help. Nothing will improve. All you will, all we will manage is having a club without a president who cannot take any decisions. So it doesn't matter if I resign or not. At the moment, I don't think it does any good for Galatasaray if I resign and leaving the club without any president. That's what okay. he's really pushing on. Mm -hmm. And apparently, there's people saying that he's not really in like. Like, like, he doesn't really like the people that are, you know, running for elections. There's only two candidates. And to be honest with you, I kind of agree with him. I don't like when there's only two candidates. Because then you're kind of forced to pick between who's, like, the better of the, like, worst two candidates. Mm -hmm. But you then again, you, you know, think, like, let me... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish off. The one thing that he said about is... <laughs> He was criticizing the fans. He's like, I'm not leaving because of, you know, fans. But the, the, the funniest thing is he came because of the fans. And he was criticizing the fans, which I've, I've really found funny and hypocritical of him. But what were you saying? There's been, I don't know how much of it's true, but there's been some talks about with new laws and rules that the president will be Personally responsible. responsible as well for financial losses uh, during his presidency in the club. Do you think that has to do anything with only two candidates? Could be, but it, like I don't even know. Did that law actually happen? Like, is it, I'm not like, sure. I do know there's been a law from TFF that the clubs can be sold now, which wasn't possible previously. But I don't know what's that. That's also why I don't want to get into this stuff too much. Because yeah, like isn't the whole thing the whole thing's kind of messy? Isn't it's a it? mess. Like, even yeah. even even the even the members of Galtzray themselves are saying stuff that's not true, or they're confusing stuff up. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a big mess, and I haven't been able to find a decent source that can explain me. Look, this is what happened. Yeah, um, he was acquitted for this. He wasn't acquitted for that. 
and because of that this is how it should go but this cunt uh opened up another court uh, decision or something like that and it delayed the elections again i couldn't find any decent information about that so i didn't really want to go too much into depth but basically in a nutshell 11th of june is the new election date and we still currently have two presidency candidates metin Öztürk and eshref hamamjoğlu and i don't know they can i don't know if they're allowed to do another like court case and then extend that again i don't know if that's the play they're going for I in the know. end but it's just a yeah. big mess honestly i don't know and between the two candidates um yasin Metin Öztürk or Eşref Hamamcıoğlu? I think I'm going to have to say Eşref. Uh, Metin just says something different every single week. And I feel like he's overpromising a lot. He's saying a lot of nice things, which kind of reminds me of Burak Elmas in a way. And because of that, it kind of leaves a sour taste slash worry of what's to come. Yeah. Eşref has been a lot more calm. And he, he specifically says explicitly, like, listen, I'm not going to make promises. I'm not going to come here and tell you that we have all this money ready. I'm not going to make promises about all these sponsors and whatnot, which is exactly what Metin Elstrick is doing, which is what Burak Elmas did. So I think he's setting expectations low because he knows that it's not going to be that easy. Meanwhile, Metin Elstrick is making all these promises to, I guess at the end of the day, he's being political and trying to get votes. And that worries me a little bit. That's why I would feel a bit safer with Eshef. Um, Eshef was also the guy who had the second most votes last yeah. summer behind Burak Elmas. So... I think that's for a reason. Um, you know, even with Burak Elmas saying that he's for Tedim and he won the election because of that, even with, you know, that behind Burak Elmas, Eshref getting that many votes still, I think says a lot about what's going on behind the scenes that we fans don't see, that the other board members do know about Eshref. Uh, Eshref is a little more experienced. He's a bit older in terms of what's going on at Gal's side that maybe Metin Ustik doesn't know. We need the um, wizard. We need the we need the wizard Dumbledore to our Kerem Potter. Oh, that's a good point. We mm. do. One th- one thing that I do like about Metin Öztürk though is he he seems to be I guess wanting a Turkish coach. Um, I mean, he's mentioned Nuri Shahin before, and then he himself denied that, saying, "Oh, it's not true." And then there's rumors last week or this week that he's in touch with Okan Buruk. I think Okan Buruk could be a safe option. I guess we'll go into more about the tour and talk in our future a little bit later. But Okan Buruk, I think most people would agree, is a very safe option for the next year when we're in this mess. Metin Öztürk's so guys lo- had uh, yeah. meetings we'll with talk. Okan Buruk. Yeah, talks. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. So, but do you want to get rid of Torrent? Is that... What do you think about that now? Uh, are we are we getting into that right now, or do we want to talk not? about? I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the whole uh, management stuff. Yeah, of the club. So, um, I mean, if if you guys, I, I my mean, I think is... me and me and John probably agree as well with the us, and I don't know. I'd also go for Eshref. I don't know about you, John. Yeah, absolutely. Metin is a crook, man. You just, just, just look at him. Just look at how he looks. <laughs> Seriously, damn. Like, 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 honestly, that's enough. Like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I always, I am able to look at someone and more or less read them, you know? Just okay. look at a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, you would know, man. You would know. No, I don't know. Like, what did, well, we met in Istanbul. What did you think when you first saw me? 
Oh, I, it felt like I it felt like I already knew you for like thirty <laughs> years, man. Like, it, what, did you get positive vibes or negative vibes? Oh, the dude, the vibes are immaculate. Let me just say that, okay? <laughs> immaculate. That that doesn't say listen. immaculately positive or negative. <laughs> positive, positive. But listen, uh, listen. When you look at a picture of Metin, you can you can tell right away he's a crook, man. He's First of all, I don't believe a word he says because just like Yasin said, he changes his story literally every yeah. day. He'll yeah. say, we agreed with this guy, that guy. We have two big transfers planned. We have the, like He's just totally full of shit. 20 so, sponsors, 20 million yeah. euros in. Yeah. yeah, okay, bro. Yeah, so I, I'm, you know, I, I, I will never fall for that. And um, yeah, Eshref, I don't know. Like he was behind Burak last time and uh, I think he, he deserves a chance now. Yeah. And He's not doing all that craziness, you know? He's not saying uh, nearly as much craziness as, as Metin is promising and saying. Exactly. So he's a bit more reserved. He, he seems a bit more, like, responsible, you know? So well, we'll see what happens. But and if, if I, I could, had to choose, I'd pick him for sure. If I could add to that, Eshref is also, um, he has this fantasy about going back to, like, back in the day when Galsara had this whole revolution with Jupe Derwal. He wants to reincarnate that whole process again, and that's something I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to. Like, I, I know he's, he he wants like a German coach, but he's like not really set. He's like, whatever is available, the best option. That's what he wants, and mm. he's like realistic, right? That's one thing I like about him over Minton, like Yasin said, and also I don't know. He seems like a chill dude, even when he lost, you know, uh, against Burak. He went up there to the stands with him. He's you know he stood there like it like a champ. He took it like a champ. So, I'm 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 I'd go with him. Yeah. And I'm... yeah. And to answer the other question, I would not keep Torrent. <laughs> yeah, we know about that, uh, Emra, for a long while. Okay. Which is... just uh, I then okay. Just yeah, no, sure. that's good. Um, I sent a picture in the podcast info channel. You see that Mitin Usturk uh was there during today's game against Sivaspor as well. Yeah, he does look like a scumbag, indeed. He absolutely, man, absolutely, he does. Uh, what a crook, man! <laughs> Looks can be deceiving, but I'm gonna go with John's uh, intuition here. Yeah, trust me on this one, guys. Trust me, this guy's mm-hmm. a crook, man, hundred percent. What did you think about Yasin when you saw him? Yasin, yeah, same, same exact thing. He's a crook. Wow, damn. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, I can tell you right now, Yasin is not a fraud, okay? For, to, to anyone listening, trust me, okay? I spent a week with the kid, all right? He's not a fraud, right? yeah, let, let, no, I'm just going to say that. Same from my side. I mean, uh, I, 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 I shit on him a lot, but he's the most yeah. genuine, nice... Let me... All Nur, right, all right, Nur, all right. Nur, right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me put it... Böyle, tertemiz, <laughs> mashallah. Dude, when, when the guys and I mo- uh, first met up, this kid was the first. He came to me to hug me first. Like he like pushed everyone out the way. Like get out the way, and then hugged me, man. It was like so heartwarming. This kid got a good heart, man. Love mm. you, bro. I love you guys too. Appreciate. Let's talk about Galatasaray. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you know, we shit you on you, seen, but uh, yeah. gotta show you some love a little. It's all in good heart. Yeah. All so right. Yasin, Torrent, continue or not? Ah, bro, it's, it's sad to say this, but after today, I think in the accumulation of the last couple of games, but today really made me think a little bit harder, not because of the loss, 
but because of the decisions that he's making on the field, you know, as a coach, you have to be able to read the game. And you, when you see, a, like as a fan, you see a sub come on in the 75th minute for a player that's been very MIA, very tired, very slow, very heavy in Gomez. And then you see Mohamed come on like this burst of energy. You know, when he gets the ball, he's able to put it down. He's able to make runs. He's able to win these 50-50 balls. It's, it makes you question like, Torin, why don't you play this guy earlier? Why don't you start this guy? You know, first first week after his injury, it's like, okay, he's injured. Second week, okay, maybe he's not 100% fit. But like today, I was completely expecting Mohamed to play. Same. And we still see Gomez. And I, and I just can't get behind. Yes, he scored, you know, but when you think Gomez, you, you look back to what he's known for, not just for Galatasaray, but for Marseille and, you know, his uh, the club he played for in Saudi Arabia. I think it was Saudi Arabia, but he gets in the box. He knows where to be, when to be. He's, his timing is immaculate. He, he just needs to get that one touch on the ball. You know, how many times did Gary Rodriguez just dish in the ball and, he, you know, Gomez was in the right spot for that one touch the goalie can't do anything about. Now, Gomez is slacking. He's behind where he's supposed to be. Or when he gets that opportunity, his touch is not there or he, he can't even control the ball properly. It, it was just very disappointing to see. And I don't know. Uh, same thing with Morutan. Like we've been saying, oh, Morutan's a bit off. He came on the field and I thought he was pretty damn good. Emre Kulinc. Yes, I like Emre Kulinc, but he lost the ball way too many times today. And for him yeah. to stay as long as he did, I don't know, man. It's I, like I said, like in the past podcast, Emre Kulinc, when he's on and he's not doing good, just sub him out because he's not going to do better the rest of the game. He either has a good game or a bad game. And that's it with Emre. And, and that's what we saw today as well. I just want to say this before. I'm curious about what you guys think too. But, you know, Torrent is not a guy who came in yesterday or last week. You know, obviously mm -hmm. six months is still early. But in six months, I, I expect a coach, whether that's Torrent or Terem or Okan or Nurishai and whoever comes in tomorrow or yesterday, to be able to read the game that your, your team, your team is playing at home. You know, you're competing for fifth place, right? There, there's something to win and your team is behind and, you know, you expect him to be able to read the game and make changes earlier to be able to change the game around. And I didn't see that. And I would expect him, as experienced as he is, to be able to read the game better. He can be the best tactician there is, but there's certain criteria that a coach needs to check off. He could be weak in certain areas, but... Being able to read the game in the Super League, in the Turkish Super League, you know, where the game is changing all the time, to be able to read and make the subs at the right time is something that's really important. That's something we criticized Tenen for, for years. Mm -hmm. And we should be able to criticize Torrent for that as well. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I would criticize him more because he is known to have that experience as, a, as an assistant, right? As an assistant, you're... You kind of get those uh, responsibilities that maybe, okay, the coach is paying attention to certain things on the field. You have to be able to give extra assistance to the coach that you're assisting. Okay, look, maybe we should, here's a reminder, maybe we should make this sub. Maybe we should do this. And I'm, I'm not really seeing that from him. Um, and it's getting harder and harder to back him, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. For me, personally, you, you might be surprised, but... In no way I find it fair to judge a coach that came in throughout ha half the season and with the player he has. Yes, I did always say Fatih Terim 
was doing good. I liked how we played with the footballers we had. And we totally regressed from that, for sure. We're not doing any better, only worse, in my opinion. But nonetheless, I don't find it fair to say Torrent is a bad coach. I want to see him throughout a summer transfer with signings he wants and a new season where he starts how he wants. Obviously, he took over and he had to do with what he has. And I don't think that's a good, fair judgment uh, to, to do, basically. So I, I still, I'm, I'm still wanting Torrent. I mean, Tedim should have never left. That's one. But I'm still okay with Torrent continuing well, to Well, eventually season. he should have left. But not in the middle of the season. Oh, no. That was the biggest mistake. I might take some snippets from uh, the first time we discussed this. Yeah, it's, it's funny. one of the worst mistakes that Brucker must made, hands down. Mm-hmm. John, you want to intro us to the game against Siwa Sport? I do, sure. But let me just, I'm going to say one thing about that and then mm-hmm. uh, we'll ahead. jump into the match. I just have, so first of all, I, I don't know if I want to continue with Torrent anymore. But because this is the thing, I have one ma- main problem with him. So... Earlier, we were talking about the interviews that Nelson and Kerem gave. And I think it was mm-hmm. the Nelson one. They were asking him about Muslera. And he was like, when Muslera's on the pitch, when he's playing behind the team, the team has mm-hmm. that confidence and like safety net. They know, you know, just, just him being on the pitch, you feel comfortable. You know, you feel like um, nothing can go wrong. Like he's just, you, you, there's a certain aura that he has on the pitch that makes everyone confident and makes everyone feel secure. And the same exact thing goes for the coach as well. That's what Fatih Terim had. With, with Fatih Terim has such an aura where it doesn't matter if you're going up against, you know, an army. You, because you have Fatih Terim, everyone ha- has that, you know, safety net. They have that motivation. They have that confidence. But Torrent is, he doesn't have that, you know? And that, mm-hmm. this is something I mentioned the first podcast we did where Torrent just started and we were trying to see, you know, how do we think it's going to go and stuff? And that's what I said. I don't, think, I don't think Torrent is that guy. He doesn't have that presence, you know? And that's such a huge... That just makes such a difference, man, for players and their mentality going into matches. And, it, it, I, I, you know, I'm sure he has a ton of good ideas when it comes to football. Tons, you know? I'm sure he's a genius when it comes to that sort of thing. Many people have said that before, including Pep himself. I, I don't doubt that at all. But... I don't think he has that aura. He's just, I don't think he, ha- he, he has that, that head coach personality. And I think mm-hmm. that makes a really big difference. So, you know, I, don't, I agree that it's also not fair for him to be playing with a team he didn't necessarily build and stuff like that. If I had a crystal ball, I wish that I could see who he, he would bring in in the summer and what he would try to do with them. You know, unfortunately, we, we don't have that ability. So... It's a tough call, man. I don't know. I, I, at this point, I, I wouldn't really be upset if we were to let him go. But uh, it's, it's just hard, man. It's like he, maybe he'll bring in the right players and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you don't have it, you don't have it, man. You know, and he just doesn't have that aura that I right. think is so important. So I don't know. I wanted to actually touch on a bit of what Yasin was saying about him not being able to like formulate any reaction. It's it's funny because he's been a tactician for Pep Guardiola in three of the biggest leagues in the world. 
Spanish League, the German League, and then the Premier League, which arguably is the fastest league in the like where the ball is constantly moving. Right? And then like he comes to the Turkish League, which is arguably way slower, probably should be a lot more easier to read, and like tactically isn't anywhere near these three top leagues. And he hasn't been able to show me that, oh, I can do this, I can make this kind of change. I think today the Halil is like the closest he, the Halil change is the closest he's ever come to making a a decent change and uh, getting a reaction out of the team. And and like you like you said, John, when he's on the field, he doesn't give me that aura or that confidence that this team is going to perform. Like he's going to make a change or go into the dressing room, come out, and you, you like know like the team is going to like improve better. Like because exactly, we've yeah. never seen we've never seen that. And to like. With Fatih Tatum, even though we did not do that great this season, I didn't really feel like, oh, we're definitely going to lose this or we're definitely going to lose that. We didn't have Muslera for quite a bit of the season, right? Because he got injured. We had to deal with Ismail Chipe. We didn't have Okan Kochuk. And let's not forget, we didn't have Markow for eight games as well. And then on top of that, unfortunately, he got himself banned, which was pretty harsh. But even though... All that happened. Yes, we were, what, 12, 13? We were, like, between us and first place, there wasn't a whole lot, you know. uh, The point gap wasn't that extreme. And before he came, I always said, Torrent is probably a decent coach, would be a decent coach, but I don't think he's the coach for us because we need someone that could come and take our players and do something with them. We need a player coach, not a system coach right now because we don't really have the players or the means to buy the players. So, yeah, I guess, and I've been saying, like, the player coach that I've wanted was Okan Buruk. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm actually digging Nudishine as of late, too, but I still think he needs to, like, mature a little bit. He doesn't even have, have his pro it's license It's his yet. first season. Uh, I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't, no. I like him. But I wouldn't be opposed to having him in the future either because I actually like what he did with Antalya. Yeah. John, take it away. It's all yours. All right. So our match today, we played against Sivas. Um, I'll go into the uh, starting 11. So we started with Muslera. Backline was Sasha Boy, Nelson, Semikaya. Um, Marcao was injured. Uh, mm-hmm. So Semi stepped in and Van Anholt in left back. We had um, playing in the middle, we had Pulgar, Thailand, and Emre. Uh, on the wing, we had Babel and Kerem. And up front, we started with Gomis. Um, well, let me start by saying this. Um, I thought that for most of the first half in this match, um, we played well for most of the first half. The end of the first half, it got pretty bad. But I thought when we started, we started well. You know, I thought we started energetic. I thought we were playing the ball into space, uh, playing in the gaps in the field. That was evident from the first goal we scored, which was beautiful. We we really shred, like ripped them apart on that first goal. Mm-hmm. Gomi scored the first goal for us. Really, really nice build-up play. Um, that was nice to see. Gomis also scored our second goal, which was the penalty. This one finished 3-2. It was a loss, unfortunately. But us, really, aside from that 
you know, that chunk in the first half where we I thought we were playing well. After that, and, and like this is like a pattern in the matches. After that really good spell, we just like we just declined, man. It's just it's so frustrating to see. Like I thought we had, we really struggled. I think um Marcao makes such a difference defensively, of course, but also in our when we build up and when we uh like settle into the game and try to set up and keep possession. Marcao makes a big difference. I I notice and of course defensively, like come on, man. Without Marcao, it's there's there's a gaping hole there. Everyone knows that, you know. Um, yeah, it was a frustrating match, you know. What do you, what do you guys think? I agree. Um, first 15 minutes, it's like, yes, this is what I want to see from the team. Attack, attack, pressure. Don't let him breathe. And then after we find the first goal, even though I, I felt like it was a poor finish from Gomez, we were just fortunate the goalie kind of like messed it up and couldn't like really get a good hand to it. But it was a really good build-up play. But I don't know what just happened after the first 20 to 25 minutes. The team just like said, okay, I'm going to stop. You know, all thrusters off. And they just like just pulled back. And Sivas just kept pressuring and pressuring. And then we just... It's like, like bro, anyone could have seen it. Like, we were going to get scored on, especially with no Marcao. It was coming. I don't, I don't know. Like, we had this problem with 5 Tatum 2 at times. Like, we would score and then we would just pull the brakes. And then just like concede, that was like one of my biggest like uh, pet peeves with him. We would yeah. concede less with him, of course, but we would still concede, and like the game would be tie, or we would like concede a last minute goal or something like that, and lose the game or something. I don't know, but like yeah, like you pointed out, started mm-hmm. well, ended really bad, and, and we're at home as well, man. We're that's playing the these that's matches the hardest at home, yeah. exactly. We're playing these matches at home. There's absolutely no way this should be happening. There's if, no way, man. If I recall correctly, I think Sivas had a higher ball possession than us for the first half, which is shocking to see for a team like us. Like, how does that happen? Absolutely yeah. shocking. Absolutely. Yasin? Well, we couldn't hold the ball. That was a problem. We just way too often turnover after to- turnover after turnover. Attempted dribbles were fail, you know, failures. We're trying to make passes that didn't go to our players. When we did pass, sometimes we pass it to players in situations that are hard to control. I don't think we were smart about how we were passing the ball, how we were opening up space. And like I said, man, I think we lost the game today because of our mental problems. It looked like the team was just not there. It was obvious from their behavior on the pitch as well as the way that they were trying to play. But also because of just individual mistakes from a lot of different players. Uh, I think our midfield was a bit weak. Uh, I think it's worth touching and talking about Thailand and the midfield over Berkhan today. So we had, what, Eric Pogar, Thailand, and then we had Emre Kulinc. Emre yeah. Kulinc is a player who doesn't always play the number 10 role. And he's a player who, unfortunately, has a history of losing the ball a little too often. Um, you know, he tries to do the right things, but he loses the ball a lot. So that's one midfielder in your trio who loses a ball a lot. And then you have Thailand who, you know, he might be a little bit calm at times, but this season, especially he has a history of losing the ball at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I, and I think that's what led to the third goal for Sivas today. Thailand just lost the ball at the bad spot or was it their second? I don't recall. Eric Pulgar played a decent game, but like, again, our midfield was just too weak today. And Sivas came with this mentality that, okay, it doesn't matter 
where we are on the table. It doesn't matter for any stumble or any Sivas. They came to play. They were aggressive. At times, very frustrating and annoying. They sometimes tried to milk plays that they had no reason to. Um, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I think that got to our head today. And we just we just looked poor overall. Uh, I don't know what we were trying to do going forward. I think the times that we did look our best was when we were trying to counter. And we did that brilliantly, the first goal. That was a brilliant build-up play. But, you know, you can't just... You can't win the game all the time like that where Sivas has a ball in your own home and you're trying to counter all the time. It just doesn't work like that. Especially when you have heavier players like Babel and you have Gomis up top. It's not going to work all the time. Um, I, I think that's kind of what I wanted to say overall. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just disappointing to go back to, I think it was John or Emre said about Torrent and you know how he comes off on the field. You know How Fatih Terim, you know, he, he makes those players believe Torrent not only does that for the players, I think he doesn't do that, but also you got to get the fans behind you too. Because once you get the fans excited, the fans then get the players excited as well. You know, that's how Galatasaray has been for years. That's how Turkish football is. The fans are such a crucial part of the game. And when the fans are not behind the coach, they're not going to be as loud as they are. And that's just not going to help the team mentally either. So I think that's where we lost the game today, both mentally and a lot of individual mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in my perspective, you want to win against us, Galatasaray. Just let us have the possession, because our team cannot play possession football. That that's just a fact now from what we see. If you look at indeed, like Yasin said, first half we didn't really. You know, possession wasn't ours. It was Sivaspor, and the attacking momentum was theirs as well. But we still managed to score in that game in that first half, and. Second half, we had more possession, more attacking momentum, but obviously we conceded a lot more. And that just, if I would pl play against Galatasaray, have two players press the penalty box, the rest be stable at the back, and just wait for a counterattack because we give away so much anyway, especially when we play possession based football. Just the two players pressing that penalty box. Um, pushing us for errors, also a way to get goals against us. So it's it's the players as well. But also coaching-wise, I mean, if you recall, we were always discussing how we never let a goal in our goal aside from individual mistakes. Now that's not the case anymore. Everyone can make plays and score goals from open play. Whereas before, we were very good defensively. <laughs> and also, attacking-wise, we were very direct towards the goal and creating positions. If we scored, that's a different uh, discussion. And I can go on and on about all the ingestful decisions that were made in the first half. But yeah, nah, Terum was better, but Torrent doesn't deserve this either. So Yeah, yeah. I can add to that, um, dude. On, this team is so reliant on Kerem. If Kerem wasn't in the on the pitch today, I don't think we would have done anything. I don't think we would have scored because first assist, and then he like the, the second uh, penalty, the penalty, right? Who is gonna get that, bro? Everybody else is like slow. You gonna think Baba is gonna do it? You think Thailand's gonna? I don't know why, but like, why do you, why are we playing with Thailand and Eric Poolgar? 
in the same field? Why not put Berkan, who is more athletic, who runs more, presses more? I don't know. This this team is just not it. And like he's, the way he's making them play is just goes against what they were made to do. Like and and to go to your whole defensive aspect, this team under Tatum did not concede more than two goals in any game. This is like the second or third game we conceded more than two goals. And to, yeah. to add to the fact, we did not have Markov for eight games. On top of that, we played with Luyen Dama, Mr. El Bomba himself. Yeah, yeah. Looking back in retrospect, would you say it was good that we uh, got rid of Tatum? I mean, it's, is that a rhetorical question? I mean, I, I remember, I recall I, that everyone think, was psyched and happy about it. So the the thing is with that is I think the idea to get rid of Tedim was a good idea. It was the timing that was really you know it fucked us right. over. It it was the timing of it. You know, I I don't think that getting rid of Tedim was a bad idea. I actually really support that idea because like I said a million times now, it's about time we start thinking about life after Tedim and how exactly. you know what we're going to do when he he can't coach anymore. I think it's time to start thinking about that, but yeah, the timing was very bad, man. The timing was very very bad and you know, the matches leading up to his departure, they were one goal games, man. We were losing one nothing, 2-1 you know, zero zero, like we just couldn't score goals. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, we could, we can go in circles talking about that by now. But yeah, it's, it is what it is. We have three games left. All three yeah. are very difficult games. So, um, you know, at this point, um, Torrent is playing for his 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 job. He's playing for his job now. And even if he does uh, win, let's say we somehow win the last three, um. You know, I don't know if he's going to make it still. I think they'll probably still get rid of him. But, you know, it's, a, it's an unfortunate case what's happened this season. But, um, you know, we have some time before next season to get our shit together and try mm-hmm. to turn it around, you know? Yeah. There's um, reports about Sasha Bowie after the game. Uh, he said, we concede goals on the points we actually work hard on, especially in the middle. The positions we find, we couldn't score anything. And what we work on very hard, in the details, we concede goals, is what he said. If I translated that fully correctly. Which shows that Torrent is indeed working with the team on a certain tactic. He expects certain players to do certain things, which is on the field today, which what we saw. Mm, yeah, And... It's not anything different than, well, Berkan pressing up high in, and, and now we had Thailand pressing up high and he's asking the same of both these players. Also asking the same from Emre Kulinc. Basically, these two attacking midfielders had to press up high when the other wasn't. So there isn't really a big difference. What I want to say with that is he isn't necessarily then adapting his strategy based on the player, which he always says. I, I, de- I play with the cards I'm dealt with, which doesn't seem to be the case. He has a simple theory, strategy, and just lets that uh, go on, is from what I see. Maybe, Yasin, do you want to say a few more things about the game before I ask a close-off question? Because it's been an hour. I'm flu. Um, 
I want to get your thoughts on Halid, everybody. Um, you know, how he was today, how you think he might be a part of this team going forward under Torrance or any other coach. Sleepy, always late. <laughs> you, you, don't think, you don't think he had a good impact on the game today? I don't like Halil. I don't like Halil. Yeah, man, he just has a bias against him. Do you, think, do you think Chikal Dao is better than Halil at that role? Yeah. Well, Why? Because Chikal Dao is more versatile, more box-to-box, and Halil, he's there up Okay, wait. Up no, wait. I don't, care. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if he's box-to-box. So uh, I'm asking in that role behind the striker, like the number 10, the cam. We can't afford, you want to call cam. We can't afford that role. We need presence in the midfield. And well, Halil is just don't a liability. presence up top too? Yeah, sure. Chico Dow did well there actually behind the striker in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. He scored two against yeah. Marseille, though. And he yeah. was like right behind uh, Mustafa. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning of work. the season, correct. Yeah. But like not, now we're here and Chico yeah. Dow has not been playing that position well for yeah. quite some time. Um, do you think... You know, maybe we should move on from Chikal Dao at number 10 and play more in that box-to-box, which I agree with you, Summit. He's more of a box-to-box player. Uh, it, so it's maybe not a 10. Sh- Chikal Dao is not a 10. He, he's an okay, attacking so midfielder. so I agree. He's like Emre. Is he, though? Yeah, yeah, the same same mm-hmm. kind. Uh, Emre is more attacking than Chikal Dao. Chikal Dao is more balanced in my perspective. I always... So- I just, I just want to say, like, what I like about Halid, which is what we saw today, and unfortunately, he's not very consistent, but neither is his minutes, neither is his, form- is his role, because he's worked with two coaches now who have played in many different roles this season, so it's hard to really criticize him for that, but... He's mediocre. You know, what he's he not d- Gala level. Listen, he's... How old is Halid? He's Turkish. That's the only thing. That's the only reason he's here. Let's be real. Listen, Halid is 22 years old. He's younger than or about the same age as Kerem. He's still young, though, 22 years old. And yeah, but he's, if like he said, doesn't playing- have the attitude, he cannot make anything out of himself. And trust me, like uh, John says, when I see someone, I see if the vibes are immaculate or not. And Halid doesn't <laughs> have that. I think, exactly. okay, so, so I just want to say, I think it's worth considering him for the future if we can get him for a good deal. Because what I like about Halil is... He can play that role behind the striker where he's strong. He can hold the ball. He can turn the ball really well. He's a guy who knows how to take the ball, turn it around, and start dribbling towards the goal, which is what we don't really have. You can't, you don't see Chikal Dao do that. He's not strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And then when he does turn towards goal, he can pass the ball into open space. He knows how to play it out to the wings, and he knows how to shoot. He's, he's got the aerial threat, too, at times. I mean, he needs to work on it, but he has that potential. Does he know how to and shoot, I, though? I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he has a potential. I mean, there are times where he has good strikes. Other times, it's not so great. But you've seen him hit the ball really well and find good corners. Good strikes and right the into the goalie. We're yeah. going to have a long discussion when we make the chair list. Come on. <laughs> I, think, I think you guys are not being fair. Uh, Halil has found a lot of nice goals this season you know, with his strikes. And I don't think he's gotten enough consistent minutes that he could otherwise see. I mean, the amount of time that we see Chikal Dao and Emre Kalinch at Cam, I think we saw just as much of it with Halil, mm-hmm. with a proper striker in front of him, we could have done much more in our attack. And that's where we're kind of lacking too. Like you said, Emre, you know, our biggest threat going forward is Kerem. I would, yeah. I would include Mohamed too, but he's not playing. He's not playing. That's the problem, bro. Yeah. 
Right, That's but like, annoying don't you think Halid would be more of a threat in the attack than yeah. Chikaldao? See, I'm not saying I'm not saying delete Chikaldao. I would love nah, to nah, play nah. Chikaldao in the midfield with maybe like a Berkan or a proper CDM plus Halid. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And another thing that I found interesting recently, I just want to add before moving forward: if we if we get rid of Torn and we bring Okan Buruk, I read and heard that Okan Buruk is a fan of Halid. And he would be able to use him even better than maybe Torrent and even better than maybe uh, Terem has been. So with that said, you know, I, I think it's worth considering his future here. Uh, he does have potential <laughs> and he's 22 years old. If we can bring him in for a few mil because Brentford are not going to utilize him. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his options are going to be probably be within the Super League. Başakşehir, Fenerbahçe, Beşiktaş and us. I don't see him really right. going anywhere else. Um, yeah. But I'm curious what you guys think about him. I, don't, I don't hate Halil. I'm not like Sam who <laughs> he doesn't complain. That one positive thing about his lazy attitude is he doesn't complain if he sits on the bench. When he does come on, he plays. And um, yeah, I don't know. He like you said, Chikaldao is not really like a number ten. You know, he can't take the ball. He can't dribble it past people and then like find, you know, the, the net. I think the the whole thing about Chikaldao was he was never meant to be the number ten. I think the whole vision when he came. Was that Fatih Tatum was going to use him in unison with Jetson, right? So mm-hmm. Jetson would probably be the more more of the number ten, and then Chikaldao, like someone said, he would be the more balanced of the uh, of the midfield, right? Yeah. So I think that's the whole concept of Chikaldao, and Chikaldao, I don't know, he's completely lost this season, like the second part of the season. Um, so I would I would actually go with Hudid for. You know, if he's playing behind uh, Mostar, and we there was a game where he played with a striker, and, and it, was, it was an amazing game under Tatum. I forgot which game it was. Yes, there there was a couple. He played right? alongside Muhammad, just like you said, and we scored lots of goals. We found lots of chances that game, and they worked well together. And yeah. that's that's what I wanted to see more of under Torrent, but we didn't, unfortunately, which is another criticism of mine. Because not to cut you off, but Torrent himself said like a month in. Chikada, I mean, uh, Halid is actually more like a number 10. Unless yeah. that was a misquote, it was a lie. That's what I remember reading. And I got happy that he would actually use him there, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust anyone who makes real videos and highlight videos on his Instagram on his uh, best moves, not even goals, because he hasn't scored any. It's just. Well, he uh, doesn't play. The man's working with what uh, he got. Well. Anyway, I think <laughs> maybe also for our listeners, I think after the three games we still have left. We'll make um, a special podcast on a chair list of all the players we have. Tier list, you mean? Not chair list? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Native Speaker. Tier list. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so you want to say something um, about Halil, John, before we close off? Yeah, super quick. Um, I don't have too much to say about it, but you know, I in that role behind the striker, I don't think... He, I don't think he's bad. I also don't think he's ideal. I think he probably could be useful, but, you know, we're arguing sort of about who is better there, like Khalil and Chikaldao, but it's like, they're not, that's not either, either of their positions, right? It's, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, regardless yeah. of who we think is better, that's just not, that's not where they play. So I think, I think Khalil can possibly be useful there. I think he has some, some skills that would make him useful in, in, you know, attacking and, um, I think he could, he has some decent, uh, he could have some decent playmaking abilities too, but you know, 
Um, that's at the end of the day, it's not his position. That's not Chicaldell's position either. So I don't expect him to play. You know, it work, work miracles there. Um, there's other roles for Chicaldell in the midfield, but um, we we don't have that you know great of a squad, and we're, we, there's some gaps on the field that need to be filled. That's probably that position is probably one of them. Um, and that's it. I I don't hate Halil. He's not my favorite either. I wish he changed his body language a little bit because. As a coach myself, when I look at the bench to make a change, I'm not putting anyone in a game that has that type of body language that just looks like they woke up from a nap. That's definitely not going to happen. So if he wants to play more, maybe he can reconsider that um, and see how that goes. But, you know, I don't hate him. I don't love him. It is what it is. He has potential. Will he be with us next season? I don't know. But, you know, time will tell. Yeah, we have so much more to talk about, but uh, running out of time. Um, we also had a lot of listeners' questions, but a lot of them seem to be looking forward to the future of the club. And I think these are more suited for uh, after the league ends. We can do a couple of episodes, tier list, future questions, etc., etc. So with that said, I'd like to thank everyone that's been listening so far. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter under the handle at the Lions Den. GS and um, yeah we'll keep in touch thank you all thank you guys for listening peace